For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's the BNS in 20 minutes or less podcast. Your daily download of X929's X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna. It's Monday, July 25th, 2022. I'm Beckler. Shauna's away this week. We'll talk about her in just a moment. I don't know if today's show is any good. I, I was putting it together. I'm like, how oh, do I feel really good about this? I don't know. You could be the judge. I'll tell you what I do feel good about, though. My wife McKenna and I made a video yesterday. We posted it. Uh, it's on the X Facebook page. It's also on my social media accounts. Beckler89 on Instagram. I think also Beckler89 on TikTok. This is actually her idea because she has all these fancy shirts from Sheen. It's like online retailer. It sells a lot of like... Can I say skank wear? I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but they're very like they're very skimpy outfits. They're like her going out outfits. If she were to go to, you know, one of the tents at Stampede, or like if she were to go out to the, the club with her girls, then this is the kind of outfit she would wear. There's not much material to them, and they're all very um, like it's like a strip of fabric with some string attached to it, and then it's somehow you have to figure out how to tie that to your person. I don't know. So her idea was do a video where she shows the shirt and then I attempt, without seeing her do it, I attempt to tie the shirt like it's supposed to be tied. So if you want to see me completely fail at that, I mean, I swear you had to be in the Navy to learn how to tie some of these things with all the knots and that. Uh, those videos are on our social media channels right now. On today's show, Don Cherry makes an appearance. Big, big trade over the weekend for the Flames. We're going to talk about that. Don Cherry will weigh in. I have a conspiracy regarding that, which I don't actually believe, but it's something to think about. The hot new slang you need to know about. A couple stories my dad told me. He's full of good stories, and I'll relay a couple of those to you. I heard another lyric in a song that just I thought was a little goofy. We'll see if you agree or not. A friend of the show got attacked on the job recently, and I'll tell you all about that. First, you're out of context clip of the show. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Shauna is away this week. She's on vacation. She's uh, back in Toronto, her hometown of Brampton, and then she's um, up at the up at the cottage, I think, in Lake Country, up at her family's place up there. I get that it's a regional term, cottage, but there is no way to say that without sounding pretentious. I can't even say it normally because we're up at the, we summer up at the cottage. It's, it's like where does that word come from? The word cottage, uh, and it's this is kind of a bonus etymology with Shauna, even though she's not here. Um, but one one of the root words is cotter, which is like a cotter was like a like a peasant, like somebody who worked the land for a nobleman. So. The terms are quite, like, the term itself is quite humble in origin, but when people say they have a cottage, I picture, like, I picture one of these big places in northern Ontario. And I've, I've never been to Shauna's family's cottage. I don't know what it's like. But, you know, we say cabin out here. And in fairness, Shauna has switched to saying cabin since she's moved out west. She doesn't call it a cottage anymore, at least when she's around us out here in the west. But a cabin could be anything, right? A cabin could be 
a million dollar log cabin with like every animal in the world stuffed and mounted on the wall. Or it could be a shack, like a trapper's cabin with no heat or running water. Like when someone says cabin, that is the range that your mind can go to. Cottage, cottage paints a very different mental image, doesn't it? Oh yes, we were we were recently featured in Cottage Living magazine up at the cottage where we summer. The cottage. The BNS and twenty minutes or less podcast. On Friday, I got a message from friend of the show, Craig. And Craig services broadcast towers for a living. So he, you know, climbs up the antenna and works on the gear up there and everything. And he was, uh, I think he was way up north in Alberta and he was working on a tower. And he actually sent me two videos from two different angles. One from his perspective and one from, I guess, his partner on the ground. But he's being attacked by a falcon in this video. Uh, and it's it's pretty wild because you can see him like he's following the falcon around the sky and then it, it swoops at him and he, he said it actually hit him in the face. Um, and I have I'll just play a bit of the audio for you. It's obviously it's not the same as seeing it, but you can hear this bird. And he said there was no indication of a falcon or a nest or anything before he went up. And then this thing was pissed. So there he bangs on the tower with his tools to try to scare it off. And then it. It gets him right in the face, and he said he's been doing this for 14 years, and he's been—he's never been attacked that bad before. Man, that's whew—that's pretty wild. Like the occupational hazard there, I never considered the the risk of wildlife in that job, but I guess it makes sense. In terms of like encountering animals at work, I remember I, I heard a story from another dude I knew, and he worked uh, some oil field job. I forget exactly what his role was, but again, he said he was way up north, and they were. They were digging into the side of this like bluff with an excavator and they dug out a badger and badgers are notoriously tough. Right. And he said this badger tried to fight the excavator. Like, it was it was ready to go. It was ready to fight a giant piece of machinery. And I don't remember what happened if they ended up like killing the badger with the excavator or whatever. But this thing was like it was ready to fight a full on excavator. Man, we don't have that here. Uh, I have no no wildlife risk sitting where I am. I mean, last year there was a bat outside the station that kind of spooked us a bit, but that's about it. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. My dad told me a good story. I was talking to him on the weekend. He's, he's full of good stories. I'll probably have a couple for you this week. But uh, he was telling me that he was talking to a guy who's a financial advisor, and this guy said that back in the 1970s he had a client who worked in the potash mine in Saskatchewan. Potash is a huge industry in Saskatchewan, employs lots of people. Uh, it's used for fertilizer. But anyway, this um, this this miner told this financial advisor, he said, I'm going to work as hard as I can at the mine for three weeks, going to take all the overtime that's available, going to save all my money, and at the end of this three-week period, I'm going to buy a new truck. And he's going to pay for the truck straight up. But I think he said it was $2,600 back then. And my, the point of my dad telling me this story is he said that there is just there is no job today where you could buckle down for three weeks and buy a brand new truck. Like the cost of a vehicle and has, has so far outpaced wages that that's just not even that's not even possible for for anybody. Like let's scale like a nice new truck is like eighty ninety thousand dollars. But I'm guessing this truck in the seventies you know probably didn't have the bells and whistles that. A fully loaded modern truck would today. I'm saying truck wrong, aren't I? It's truck. But let's let's go on the on the conservative. We'll make a conservative estimate here. We'll say okay, fifty thousand dollars for a new truck. Still, what job could you buckle down for three weeks 
and earn $50,000. And that's on top of like whatever expenses you already have. That's just, that's not possible. That would be, what, $16,000, $16,000, a week just in, in wages and overtime? Like, aside from executives and maybe some of the very highest paid surgeons and pro athletes, there's nobody who can make 50000 bucks in three weeks like that. No, at least no labor job, no, no trades job, no job that would be comparable to working in a, in a mine. Not even close. Like, that would put you on pace for $850,000 a year. So, I mean, that is, it's, it's a bit of a depressing thought to think, like, that's how, afford, that's how well jobs paid back then, and that's how affordable things were, that you could just, oh, I'm just going to, like, be disciplined for three weeks, and I'll buy a brand new truck. Like, that is so far out of the realm of possibility for people today. The BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Every once in a while, I'll hear a lyric in a song. I'll hear a line that jumps out to me. It's like that's that's a weird one. Or that one doesn't what what was meant by this? Or this this line sounds out of place. And I heard one such line just recently. The song is The Nights by Avicii, the late Swedish music producer and DJ. Um here's the line. He said one day. This is advice he's getting from his dad or whoever he is, the protagonist, the narrator of this song. And so far, pretty good advice, right? We're not here forever. Make the most of your time. Here's where it gets a little weird. My father told me when I was just a child, these are the nights that never die. So that sounds like drunk talk between friends now, doesn't it? Man, these are the nights that never die. But it's like, was dad out partying with you? Was that like, it's an odd thing to say. Like the first part, the first part. That's advice I could see given to my own children. It's good advice. I don't know in what situation, in what context I would ever say this to them. And the fact that it's like a big club song, it's like a big EDM that gets going like this at the end. It's weird. It's weird, isn't it? Like, even if the, even if it was advice from a father to a son, a grown son, I think it would still be strange advice. I used to know this, this father and son, and they ran kind of adjacent to our group of friends, and they would go out partying and chasing women together. And I always thought that was really weird. And then, like, the dad would brag to us about how many girls his son had rinsed. And I was just very uncomfortable with the whole thing. I was just like, I can't think of anything I would like my dad to brag less about regarding me. You know, like, sure, talk about my accomplishments, but I, I, like, I, I'll have a few drinks with my parents when we're, when we're home. We have a good time, but I would not want my dad being like, oh, yeah, he's a dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's super weird, man. It's a good song. It's a great song. I just... uh these are the nights that never die. Okay, Dad. Let's get you in a cab, man. V and S in 20 minutes or less. My son, Bo, is seven. Uh, he was in the kitchen yesterday, and he was like, ah, my swear toe. He had dropped something on his foot and it landed on his toe. And he's like, my swear toe. And I was like, what's that? And he's like, it's your middle toe. I was like, what? And he said, well, your middle finger is your swear finger. So this is your swear toe. 
I was like, I don't think it works like that, man. But uh, I mean, I don't often have to reference the middle toe, but if ever I do, it's going to be called the swear toe from now on. Also, how angry do you have to be at someone to give them the toe? Like when giving the finger doesn't quite get your message across, you got to give them the toe. Cut someone, you cut someone off on Deerfoot. His toes sticking out the sunroof. Oh man, they gave me the toe. They're real pissed. If flipping someone the the bird is giving them the finger, what's flipping someone the toe? B and S in twenty minutes or less. Last week on the show, Shauna was talking about her recent trip to Regina and how she was staying at a hotel with. Uh, several members of the Hells Angels, not like staying with them, but they were at the same hotel as her, and they were on their way to this gathering in Ontario that happened this past weekend. And we got talking a bit about that organization, and you know, she had said that in the past on the highway, she's come up behind a group of of Hells Angels on their bikes and wasn't sure, like, are you, can you pass? What are you supposed to do in that situation? Is it what's the etiquette? And I was reminded of a story my dad told me, the second of my dad's stories on the show this morning, but. Uh, when when he was quite young, one of his good friends was on a motorcycle trip across the United States. And same thing, he came up behind a biker gang, and I don't know if it was the Hells Angels or another group, but they all had their colors on. And he said they weren't going very fast. And he had a lot of a lot of road to cover that day. And he's thinking, man, I'm I'm going to be like if I'm stuck behind these guys for a while, I'm going to lose so much time on this trip. But what like what's the etiquette? Do you are you allowed to pull out and rip past them? What what, what do you do there? Um, so he said he rode behind them for a while, and eventually he was like, "I'm like I'm losing too much time. I got to do this." So he st- he he revs it up and flies past them and zips down the road. And a few miles later, he runs out of gas, just as luck would have it. He's pulled over on the side of the road, and this group comes up behind him, and they pull over. And he thinks, "Oh man, like am I in trouble now? Did I disrespect these guys back there?" Uh, instead, they had some fuel on them, and they gave it to him. They let him fill up his bike so he could get to the next place. And he it, he was very grateful, and he he said, "If you if you guys will let me, I would like to fill up everyone's bikes at the next town." And they said, "Sure." So they rode together to the next town, and he fills up all their bikes, and he's going into pay, and he notices one of the guys uh, tied to his handlebar has a nylon stocking full of cash, <laughs> a nylon stocking stuffed with cash, tied to the handlebars of his motorcycle. You know, like how how most people carry their money around, and he said, "Are you just gonna, are you just gonna leave that there?" And the guy was like, "Don't worry, nobody will touch it." And you know what? Nobody did. The BNS and Twenty Minutes or Less podcast. I got a text that said, "Bikers riding around with a jerry can of gas on his bike." Nobody actually believes that story. And I was like, "Really?" In the 1970s, on a long trip, big group of bikers, it's not possible that one of them would have some gas on them. This guy said, nope, unless it was a major trip, they would have a chase vehicle following them to deal with breakdowns. I don't know, man. It's a third-hand story. I'm I'm just out here spinning yarns, and this is a third-hand yard from 40-some years ago. I don't don't know. Get off a guy's back there, easy rider. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Try to keep you up to date on all the latest slang, because you don't have time to do this, right? You're busy. That's where I come in. I can help you. I can help you sound cool, sound hip, sound with it. All the kids are using the word corny right now as an insult. That's the big insult is the word corny. So there was a hip-hop festival in Miami on the weekend called Rolling Loud. And Kanye West was supposed to headline, but then he he dropped out at the last minute and he was replaced by Kid Cudi. And I guess some of Kanye's fans didn't like that. 
And also, apparently, there's some beef between Kid Cudi and Kanye West. So uh, the fans who were upset, they threw things at Kid Cudi and causing him to, like on stage, causing him to walk off the stage in the middle of his set. And I read a bunch of tweets about this series of events, and most of those tweets contained the word corny. The fans who threw stuff were corny. Kid Cudi was corny for walking off stage. Kanye was corny for canceling. Anybody who defended any of these people, any of these parties, they were corny. It is the hottest insult right now. You want to cut someone deep and do it in a very modern and cool way? You call them corny. In fact, if you have teenagers, if you have teenagers at home, try calling them corny. See what reaction you get. I'd love to know. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Welcome to Conspiracy Corner, your platform for outlandish conspiracy theories. I'm Beckler, and this one is outlandish. Uh, we'll talk a little more about the Kachuk for Huberto trade later this morning. But uh, an Instagram friend of mine posted a, a story on the weekend, and it was her collection of jerseys, of Flames jerseys, featuring the names of players who are no longer with the team. I think she had two Goudreaux, a Kachuk, a TJ Brody. Now, I was thinking, if you went to a game last season, if you went to a Flames game, which two names would you say would appear on the backs of the most number of jerseys? Probably Goudreau and Kachuk, right? See quite a few again, Les, that sort of thing. But of current players, probably those two guys. So now, many of those fans are probably going to want to go out and buy a jersey with a different name, right? You're probably going to be probably going to be more than a few Huberto jerseys at at the Dome this coming season. All at $280 a, jer- a jersey, not to mention all the shirts and the other merch that they sell in the Flame Story. You know, Columbus is going to sell a ton of Johnny Goudreau jerseys. Florida probably won't sell as many Kachuk jerseys because the Florida Panthers don't have fans. But you get where I'm going with this, right? Maybe teams move guys around at different intervals simply to make money off of fresh gear sales. What if it's a grand conspiracy between the league and the owners? To sell more jerseys. Because if you like if you swap similarly skilled players, you're paying them roughly the same, right? But what is the dollar value of Johnny Goudreau's jersey sales? What would what would the dollar value of Johnny Goudreau merch that were sold that was sold while he was with the Flames be? So now they get to restart that process again with new stars. What do you think? I know I know this is a real stretch. I'm just thinking about the the dollars to end of it. On the plausibility scale, uh, how many number 99 LA Kings jerseys out of 10 does this one get? I'm going to go with 13 number 99 LA Kings jerseys out of 10. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. The Stamps were uh, were off this week. They had a bye week, but I was watching the Riders-Argos game yesterday because I'm a big Rider fan. And the halftime show, which they don't show on TV, but they showed a clip of on the broadcast, the halftime show was like some dogs doing tricks, some stunt dogs, I guess. And one of the tricks was the dog had to hop up on the handler's back and catch a frisbee, which it did. But uh, it, so the dog's up on this woman's back, but then the dog goes to jump off, and its paw like slips down her back and pulls her pants down, pulls her athleisure pants down. And uh, I was really surprised that TSN like isolated this clip and showed it as part of one of their bumpers because, I mean, the poor woman just had her bum exposed in front of a full stadium of (laughs) dirty Saskies drunk rider fans, and then TSN was drawing even more attention to it. But you know what? I think uh, 
I think the dog knew what it what it was doing. I think the dog thought, all right, I'm going to show everyone this woman's turd cutter. <laughs> That's what I'm up to today. Yeah, the tricks will be cool, but watch this. Watch this. Everyone's going to get a good look at her pepper grinder. VNS in 20 minutes or less. Well, we mentioned it in the news briefly and uh, alluded to it earlier, but the talk of the town this weekend was uh, the, the Flames trading Matthew Kachuk to Florida and in return getting Jonathan uh, Huberdu. That is, how did the Flames manage, management manage to pull that off? Like, Because the other parts of the trade, uh, the Flames picked up Mackenzie Weger, defenseman Florida, a first-round pick in 2025 in exchange for Kachuk and a conditional fourth-round pick. Like, if you had told me that they were going to trade Huberdu for Kachuk straight up, I don't think I would have believed that, let alone all the other parts of the, of the deal. That's got to make the sting of losing Goudreau and Kachuk in the same week hurt a little less, wouldn't you think? Uh, but anyway, it's it's pretty exciting. The Flames have said they are not going into a, re- a rebuild here. They're going to keep their foot on the gas. Uh, now they will have some extra money to play with from Gujo, from Gujo's contract. So it, it could be another exciting year of hockey here. I mean, not to mention you've traded an American and got back a Canadian. Don Cherry would like that. Their flames trading Matthew Kachuk to Florida and picking up Mackenzie Weger, a bit of a girl's name, but he's a good Canadian kid out of Ottawa. I like that. And Jonathan Hubberdoober, look at this, Jack. I see this all the time, kids. Anytime you can trade a Yank for a good Canadian boy, you do it, even if that good Canadian boy is French. All right, support the top. You've been listening to the BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. You want more? Then tune in to X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna live on Calgary's Alternative X92.9. Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. Mountain Time at X92.9.ca. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and have BNS in 20 Minutes or Less downloaded daily to whatever device you use. Later.